You duped me, O Lord, and I let myself be duped. Kind of an interesting way to begin our first reading from the prophet Jeremiah, but we'll get there in a quick second. Friday was one of the most beautiful days in my young life as a priest. I was able to go back to Rockford and marry two of my high school classmates, which was really special. Got to see some friends for the first time in about 10 years, and uh, it was a unique day. I'm kind of used to being your priest, and I hope that you guys have no problem considering me being a priest, but all of a sudden I'm back with my high school friends, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm a priest, and this is kind of weird, but awesome all at the same time. And it was really awesome, you know, obviously it was a beautiful day, a little hot, but we were going up to Rockford and we had the reception afterwards and just really beautiful being able to catch up and see how everyone's doing. And as the evening was progressing, I saw a group of young people in their 20s or so start making their way over. And I was like, oh boy, here we go. What's this all about? So there's about four young ladies and two of their significant others. And they're like, Father, uh, can, we have a, can we ask you a question? I was like, oh yeah, that'd be great. But I knew by the corner of their eye, I was about 80% sure of what they were going to ask. Um, it was a combination of the curiosity on their face, uh, what was obvious throughout the day that they just didn't know a whole lot about the faith, and uh, the right amount of liquid courage combined with emba growing embarrassment on the bride's face. They asked me, like, Father, like, you're, a, you're like a young guy. Yeah, I mean, yes. So, you can't get married? No, no, I can't. Like, like ever? No. Okay, but like, what if in a couple of years you've been a priest and all of a sudden, like, you meet the perfect girl? Like, then can you get married? Like, I don't know if you understand what the word no means, but uh, they might have thought in their unfiltered little situation that they were throwing me a curveball, but I've actually, like, encountered this quite a bit, whether it was visiting my cousin in college when I was an early young seminarian, or being in Rome with other seminarians out and about in the town and running into people and just having random conversations, or even in downtown St. Charles on a Friday night, people are very interested in celibacy and it doesn't seem natural to them. So they're asking me about that and they're like, well, well don't you wanna have a family? And I was like, well, yeah, that was, a, that was a huge thing for me to discern through and pray with, but I've always, hadn't been the most happy in my life when I'm doing God's will. So it makes sense to me. And they're just like, I don't know about that. I don't think they believed me. They, I mean, they felt very dubious the whole time. And once they had their somewhat curiosity um, answered, you know, the end of the conversation. And then I went over and had a laugh about it with some of my high school friends. But driving home later that night, I was thinking, you know, man, like, Celibacy strikes again. You know, it's such a great sign that I don't think us priests realize uh, outside of the bubble that we live in of being at church and the school and mostly seeing parishioners, like it's very, it's very jarring for someone to not want to get married. And what a beautiful sign that, that is that we're able to talk about like what the gift of celibacy is, what it means um, to forsake that for building of the kingdom and living for the next life. But what I realized as I was driving home is just another sign that our culture, and I've talked about our poor understanding of the different types of love and what constrains us with only one word to describe love, but that Eros aspect 
is the highest in our culture. We, we have friendships, we have love of like a grandparent, uh, you know, there's agape at some points, but the highest, the one that's placed on the pedestal is that love between a man and a woman. So that was the confusion for these young people is they just didn't understand why I would give up this highest thing and they were doubtful because they don't see a, agape, that love of laying, one down, laying down one's life for their friend as the highest form of love. And not only is it the highest form of love, but when given and also when received, it's the most fulfilling love. It's the most beautiful love. It's the most selfless love, counting, not counting the costs, that eternal love of our Lord. Which led me into this second realization was that they've never experienced this love from our Lord. There could be any number of reasons for that, but it was clear. They don't know what it's like to be loved in this way. And that's obviously kind of sad. But if we go back to that first reading, you duped me, O Lord. This word duped, (laughs) I mean, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So if we go back to the Hebrew, there's many different ways of translating it. One is, is to deceive, which is maniacal. And that's certainly not what the Lord does for us. He doesn't deceive us. But another way to translate it is, is, is to pursue. Or even a more intimate way is to seduce. And long-standing Christian tradition in a poetic, hyperbolic, like hyperbolic not exactly literal way, that's, that's really the best translation is that the Lord seduces us. You can see this, this love and it's like the love of someone who's just cross-eyed. Jeremiah is saying, Lord, I, I want to not talk about you. Everyone's laughing at me. They're making a mockery of me. But I try to hold it in. I can't. I can't even endure not talking about you. This is someone who's just cross-eyed in love and blinded by love to the nth degree, to a more perfect degree. This is someone head over heels in love. And brothers and sisters, this is the way that the Lord loves each and every one of us. He's pursuing our hearts. As it says in the responsorial psalm, my soul is thirsting for you, O Lord my God. My soul is thirsting. We were created to be pursued in this way. And yes, we can look for other ways to fulfill this love. And there's many beautiful forms of love. But brothers and sisters, if you're trying to find the love of a significant other or even your spouse to replace this love, it's going to fall short. The love between a man and a woman is extremely beautiful. And to see my friends make those vows before each other and before God in his church on Friday was incredibly beautiful. But at best, it's only a symbol of our Lord saying, I'll give you everything. I'll give you my life. And that's what we see in the gospel of our Lord explaining to the apostles, I've got to die. I've got to suffer. That's the only way that this is going to work. But the same way that we have this opportunity to be in love with him in this way, he's already there for us. 
So it makes total sense for him to say, I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to give my life for you. Now there's two situations that you're in right now. One, that you're sitting here kind of feeling like those young people I encountered on Friday night of saying, gosh, I don't know if I love the Lord that way or even if I've experienced him loving me that way. That's okay. That's okay. Bring that to the Lord and realize it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. It's going to ask you to break down some barriers, break down some things that are blocking you being able to receive that love. Or maybe you're saying, yeah, I did, but it's just, it's too hard. It's too hard. It doesn't make sense. But then I go to the second reading, which says, do not conform yourself to this age. That this love is going to be putting us in a situation where whatever the world says, we're like, I don't care. I've got to talk about the Lord. I've got to talk about his truth. And in this crazy year of 2020 in which everything seems to be causing division and this is a bad thought and you're living the wrong way, this needs to be canceled, you're on the wrong side of history, I don't care. As long as I'm on the side of truth and the love of our Lord, don't care. I do not care. I don't care about anything but being in relationship with our Lord. So brothers and sisters, today, whether you've never experienced this type of love, either for or from our Lord, or maybe you are and it just needs to be reunited, I ask you this morning to pray. And that most beautiful, intimate moment of our Lord coming into our bodies and becoming one with us, to ask him to dupe you. Ask him to show you the way that he is pursuing you as his created son and daughter. Brothers and sisters, let your hearts be duped by the Lord.